his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. The owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression. Mark Reardon. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. This is the Mark Reardon Show. Oh. Dear Lord, ladies and gentlemen, the daunting task of making it in here today in person into this studio, driving through the remnants of the snow left over from this massive storm that hit the area. Yeah. I braved the elements, ladies and gentlemen. I suited too. Abby braved the uh, Fred is here. Now, look, yesterday we talked about, and I can't believe I gave Fred trouble with trouble about this this morning. The company, Odyssey, that's our company, Sue. I don't yeah. know if you know that. Oh, I do know Good that. Good afternoon, by the way. Thank you. They offered hotel rooms for the staff in case they were worried. Someone like you, for example, who gets up early in the morning. Yes. You did not take advantage of that. No, I did not. Shame on you. Uh-huh. Did you not know what was going to happen? Fred, I said to here's what's funny. Actually, I was up early this morning. I've been getting up every morning early. I said, Wait, let me let me go to the text because you text Fred this well, morning. Well, but see, I want to point this out because I text you too. I think I was giving you. Oh trouble. yeah, you did. Yes, you but did. But <laughs> what did I say to you? I said, Something "Hey, wow, like, Woo. I'm, I'm I'm let down." Yeah, is what I said. Wow, I text Fred a lot, by the way, because this is. Uh, well, he's Fred. He's very textable. Man, what the heck did I say? I oh, I said. Um, <laughs> well, I can't even find it. Honestly, what? If that's impossible. What would, what well, basically what I said, I know I'm just frustrated because I really wanted to find the, the actual tweet. I said, Fred, I said, oh, here it is. <laughs> it's just because I have so many texts. I said, Fred, you, you really should have stayed at the hotel. Let, <laughs> me know, let me know if you can't make it in. Honestly, I think he thought I was serious. He said, just taking Luna out for a walk doesn't look too bad here at all. No cars moving, but I see lots of pavement showing. I'll need to shovel a bit before heading in. No, that's a bad idea. You know why? I shoveled. You know what happened? Nothing. It all melted. Nothing happened. All yes. the people in my neighborhood who did not shovel, I was out there 845 this morning, it's all melted. That's there, There's nothing on the driveway yep. whatsoever. So my daughter gets up this morning. This was interesting, too. And, you know, they're back from Colorado. They got stuck there. Yes. They finally made it back. Actually, you know what, Sue? I better do this or I'm going to forget, okay? I brought a business card with me today, and I got to thank this guy. 
Roger Lotz. Do you know his name? I don't. I don't know. He must have been a former media. He's the public information manager for the airport. Oh. And Becky went in yesterday because the the luggage was lost, goes in. Roger says, look, I'm going to try to stay here when the Frontier Airlines people get here. And he calls her last night as I was heading home. They found the bag. That is so, so nice of him, by the way. He, Good and, grief. And he made it clear that, look, the airlines are the airlines, right? They, they're yeah. the administration at the airport. Right. He's just the they airport do, guy. God bless you, Roger Lotz. Thank for, you, for Roger. No, really, that was above and beyond. It was above that, and that's beyond. That's really great. Now, Becky thinks you can never gauge these things completely accurately. She, she will tell the story this way. She goes, I don't like to pull the Mark Reardon card very often. <laughs> but she said she thinks it got pulled for her. Because, really? Well, the, I'm sure the, it did. The woman in the office w- I'm sure knew, it knew did. the name, and every once in a while there's radio privilege that comes, which does well, sort question. of- yeah. Where was it? It had made it before they had? It's here, yeah. And they, did they put it in a room somewhere, like a frontier room? I, I don't know at this point. She spoke with him. She's not going to... Well, she can't get there today, Sue, let's be honest. I mean, there's no way to get to the airport today. All the flights are canceled and the snow is built up. But tomorrow, I think, the roads will be clear enough. But I was going to tell you the story. So I get up this morning and then I'm letting them sleep. I went into the basement. I don't always do that in the morning. I'm usually upstairs. But I wanted to let them sleep. Alexa's sleeping, Becky's sleeping, I'm downstairs. Then all of a sudden I hear some rumbling upstairs with my daughter and I'm like oh damn so she goes to the master bedroom and she wakes up Becky which I didn't want her to do oh boy and she comes down and she's all upset because our neighbor Amanda is already outside building a snowman and oh geez inappropriate snow person and she wanted to get out there as soon as possible so I kind of get that what time was it it. but she's like it was 7.15 oh, or 7.30. Okay. She's crying, and I'm like, oh, gosh. Okay. I said, first of all, you calm it down here. We're going to get you out there. So I got her out there, and she she built the snow person. Before, is it melted already, or did it? <laughs> pretty make, much. Yeah. yeah right. It's pretty much melted. But I'm glad they got that luggage. We are such complete and total wussies in this country. Now, I joked on Monday afternoon, because I knew it was going to happen, that the schools were going to close, and then it was 24 hours ago that they closed. To Dave Murray's credit, he dialed back on the snow totals for the Metro at 4.05 yesterday. Remember, mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. him on. Uh, and I know that there were some areas to the south, and we never know exactly what's going to happen. But the one thing that frustrates me, and I guess I tried to bring this up, and there are many of you listening right now that probably had the same thought. And, Sue, we talked about it. These temperatures are way too warm for this to become a significant thing. We even said, look, after it snows in the morning, it's going to be gone by the evening, right? We were talking about the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, yeah, So I don't understand why a school superintendent can't <laughs> sit back and say, let's kind of wait till three in the morning and, and then we'll see if we're going to cancel school instead of gloriously right, canceling the day before. Exactly. I guess it's a planning thing. You I'm want the sure. parents to I'm know. Sure. But everybody, like the MAC closed down both gyms this morning and said, you know, we're not opening until... But, I'm only using that as an example because they sent me the emails, but I'm sure there are other places that did that too. There was no reason to do that. No, no reason whatsoever. No. The pavement was wet. Yeah. Okay, it was wet. Listen, when I drove in in the fours... It was a little bit, it was really snowing. So you, it was, it was yeah. a difficult to see a little bit, 445. And, uh, but it was mostly wet with a little slush. And then eventually it just went all wet and it wasn't that snowy. Yeah, we're fine.
Everything's fine. Now it's going to start to get cold here in the next couple of weeks, so we'll have to deal with that. But we are off and running here. A lot of stuff to get to. Uh, John Seiler at 325. John's done some great work. He's with the National Association of Scholars. And there's an interesting move that was taken by the Board of Governors at the University of North Carolina, like a move in a positive anti-woke direction. And John's hoping that this will be filed, uh, filed, not filed, followed by other universities, which probably won't be. But this is an interesting uh, example. Mark Carter, St. Louis County Councilman, has announced a run for the state Senate. He's going to join us. We have this mountain lion story is fascinating to me. In Franklin County, there was a mountain lion that was hit by a car. And by the way, the picture of it, it's a pretty big mountain lion. Yeah, right? and I, of course, am worried about the mountain lion. Well, it's sad because... They he, haven't found him. Right, he was bleeding out, but I had no idea. This thing is ginormous. And Dan Zarlena from the uh, Department of Conversation... Oh, Dan. Conversation, Conservation. Uh, isn't it Zarlinga? Yeah. Okay, we had a G that was left out. That's what I thought. Department of um, Conservation will join us. We have a Price is Wrong mark with George Gray this afternoon, and a whole lot more, plus an audio cut of the day. Let me start with a couple of things that, and I said this to, I think, Abby before the show started. Maybe I said it to you too, Sue. It never fails. We have a lot of stuff going on today, and I I don't have a lot of time for Phil. So let me get to some of the stuff that I want to get to before we get too busy here this afternoon. Let me start because I was was tweeting like crazy this morning. Do you notice that, by the way? I think you followed it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just got in a mood. There was a new research that came out from this organization, Brownstone, and they put out a report about masking, the Brownstone Institute. And the headline, and this is a really super complicated medical research, all kinds of big words I had to look up, you know, plaque forming unit, PFU, and then they got the PCR test, and they have, you know, looking at figures for particle to PFU ratio and calculating the mid-potential. The end product is the potential number of individuals who can be infected over a given period of time, blah, blah, blah. But here's the bottom line. I can simplify this. I did this for folks on Twitter this morning. It's super wordy. It's full of things that I don't understand, but here's the bottom line. Masks do not work, even N95s. It's stunning. They they basically admit here that nah, N95s don't work either. So any of the people out there that are still, and they still do it, it it's fascinating to me how many people, and I, I think I was dropping my daughter off at school the other day, and um, a couple of her classmates had, had masks on, which I think is horrifying, and I think it's child abuse. Now, I suppose in the past you could make the case that people were doing that because maybe they have COVID in their house and they're trying to protect other people, right? The problem is, that doesn't protect other people, and it really doesn't make any difference whatsoever. So with kids in particular, you're doing things here that really are abusive. But, but that doesn't stop people from wearing masks all the time. They, keep, they think that this thing is floating around in the air, and it's about to attack them. Here's Kathy Hochul. I love this. This will sort of um, really spell out the lunacy here. Kathy Hochul, who is she? She's the, the governor of New York. She took over for Cuomo when he you know, had to get out of there. So she's they there's a healthcare shortage in this country right now you can't find if you're if you've got a kid that's going to college send them to nursing school okay or to be a physician's assistant something like that kathy hochel will not hire unvaccinated healthcare workers i don't think the answer is to make have someone who comes in who's sick be exposed to someone who can give them the coronavirus uh, okay but let's go back and let's review that again now, what she's saying there is, man, that doesn't make any sense. We're going we're gonna to 
say it's okay for people to be unvaccinated to come into our hospital where people are sick so they can give people COVID, right? That's what she said. Listen, she said that. I don't know, but I think what we all... No, that's not her. That's uh, somebody else. That's Jim Jordan. I don't think the answer is to make have someone who comes in who's sick be exposed to someone who can give them the coronavirus, give them COVID-19. I don't know that that's the right answer. Okay, okay. You can still give them... COVID-19. Didn't we establish this almost a year and a half ago? doesn't matter if they're vaccinated. does not matter, Kathy Hochul. That's why this is so ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it's not. So we're exploring our options. But I think everybody who goes into a healthcare facility or a nursing home should have the assurance and their family members should know that we have taken all steps to protect the public health. And that includes making sure those who come in contact with them at their time of most vulnerability, when they are sick or elderly, will not pass on the virus. We oh lost my God. 30- stop it. Shut up. Shut up and stop the nonsense. It's out of control. I'm to the point where you walk into a healthcare facility, even sometimes I think a dentist's office, and they still have masks on. Stop the mass theater. Stop the virtue signaling. It's not making any difference whatsoever. You know what's making a difference? Natural immunity. Go figure. I got a piece today. This is hilarious. This is another one of these. And I'm really, really frustrated that I don't have more time here because I'm telling you, I got, I got a lot of stuff. You can't say mummy anymore. Did you know that? Oh, no, you can't say mummy why? anymore. Why? Be- well, because that's not, that's not acknowledging that that was a person uh, in the past, right? Well, uh, <laughs> sure it is. There's, well, that's I, what a mummy don't, is—a don't wrapped suit. up dead don't get individual. Me so here's a piece that's in vogue this afternoon. Oh crap! Oh no, it says it's complimentary. Good, I haven't met the paywall. (laughs) How can you even read this? I'm going to read you the headline here. And I don't know how anyone can take it seriously. Now, I think it's been established that I'm not one that feels that the jab is letting people die all over the world right now. I'm also a person that believes that the vaccine probably helped a lot of people who are older in particular. I'm very opposed to the forced nature. I'm very opposed to making kids take this thing. It's utterly ridiculous and out of hand. But the headline of this particular story by Chloe Shama in Vogue is how a fourth case of COVID changed my perspective on the pandemic. How a fourth case of COVID. Do you know what her only regret is? That she didn't get a fourth booster. That, that's what she's got four cases of COVID. She was vaxxed. She was boosted. She was boosted again. And she still got COVID. So if that doesn't tell you something right there, it, I know people that have been unvaccinated that have never had this thing. And if they had, they've had mild cases of it. So <laughs> it's, it's just unbelievable. She says, we find ourselves at an inflection point. One of many in this weird and windy road. We're also just kind of living with it. How do we hold two things in our minds at the same time as we wrap up three years of pandemic? When we took a brief survey of colleagues at work to ask if they were still masking, the responses were dramatically varied. This is fascinating to me. Some masked every time they came into contact with other people, even outside and others not at all. Now, let me address the first group, the people that come into contact with other people, even if they're outside, and they're still masking. You have a mental illness. Okay, you got friends and family members that do this. They need serious help, mental assistance. Okay, others, not at all. Those people are fine unless they were forced to by the doctor, as one coworker put it. Yeah, they're fine, by the way. Another felt, as I do, that if you have kids who were unmasked at school, the whole exercise of wearing one on the subway 
or in the grocery store can seem pretty futile. You know what? She kind of nailed it there, right? And then they go on and on. But she she talks about how um, the lessons from getting COVID kind of go back to the vaccine. And I don't even know how that's possible for someone to write that or for an editor to approve it. All right, what else do I got here? Oh, man, I got good Kevin McCarthy stuff. Let's see if I can get to this. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get to the Kevin McCarthy stuff. So there's controversy with the new speaker because he's removed people like Eric Swalwell from California off of certain committees, like the Intel Committee. He's removed Adam Schiff, Shifty Schiff, from the Intel Committee, and for very good reason. Now, there's a guy by the name of George Santos. I haven't mentioned George Santos very much because... I don't give a rip about George Santos. He's the guy in New York that made up all kinds of things. He, he's, he's a disgrace. It's comical. He should resign. He's not going to resign. But the speaker makes some good points here. You know who's also lied? Adam Schiff. You know who's also lied? Eric Swalwell. So he gets into it with, with a reporter. I found this interesting. Is, is Santos on the Intel Committee? Am I allowing shift? Am I allowing shift to be on other committees? All right. So this is a little hard to hear, but bear with me here. The reporters are kind of shouting out to McCarthy. Second, I, I, Go right ahead. Thank you. Um, because you have direct power over who goes on the intelligence committee, you also will be able to raise for your full house, taking off other Democrats, perhaps Representative Omar. But you said that lying to us is something that means you should be removed from the intelligence committee. But why is it not a factor? All right, well, so me- he says, her question is, you said that lying means that you shouldn't be on the uh, Intel Committee. His point is, George Santos is not on the Intel Committee, okay? That, that's his point. Neither is Swalwell going to be, and neither is Schiff. Very- this is a man who should not be on committee, something you do have power. He's got elected by his district, so... Okay. All right. Now, this is great because and this is what I think people want to see in Kevin McCarthy. She says to him, you haven't answered my question. He gets pissed. Let me be very clear and respectful to you. You ask me a question. When I answer it, it's the answer to your question. You don't get to determine whether I answer your question or not. Okay. In all respect. All right. So he goes on. He says, let's address the question. You just raised a question. I'm going to be very clear with you. The Intel Committee is different. You know why? Because what happens in the Intel Committee, you don't know. What happens in the Intel Committee, although the secrets are going on in the world, other members of Congress don't know. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, he came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not, and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel, because it goes yep. to the national security of America. And I will always put them first. Why, right? why that is so hard for some of the members of the press to understand. Then he addresses Swalwell. And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell. Because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell 
had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on Intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the Intel Committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with a Chinese spy. Well, he's rightfully frustrated and angry, and I like the way that he handled that. And we'll see if any of that gets actually translated in the media, in the legacy media. I doubt it. We'll come up with, um, coming up next, John Seiler, who is a researcher at the National Association of Scholars. There's a really interesting thing that they did in North Carolina that John and people like me think should be modeled elsewhere, like maybe Mizzou. It won't be, but we can hope. We'll explain coming up next. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast why why if you have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users Why? why Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I think it's been well established on this show that there is virtually nothing, well, it's not virtually, there's nothing more important in the world of academic right now, academics, than having diversity and equity. It doesn't matter, like, if you're training to be a doctor, it doesn't matter if you have skills to be a doctor, or if you're smart enough to be a doctor, or if you know how to perform surgery. It matters, ladies and gentlemen, if you're anti-racist. Okay, that that's the only thing that matters in higher education these days, which is sad. Uh, however, maybe is the tide turning just a little bit, just baby steps to the tide turning? John Seiler is with us this afternoon, researcher at the National Association of Scholars. He's written about this issue extensively on diversity and equity and inclusion and how that's affecting universities. Back with us this afternoon. Hey, John, how are you? 
Doing great. Thanks for having me. So is it my, and you got to correct me because I get things wrong all the time. I'll just tell you. Uh, is it my understanding that at the University of North Carolina, they've kind of taken a step back on some of this, right? So the background here is that uh, across the country, universities have uh, pretty uniformly adopted a policy of making job candidates and sometimes even professors who are up for promotion write what's called a diversity statement explaining uh, how they've contributed to that that trio, diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. Uh, and so a lot of people have written about how this, this, there are all sorts of problems with that. I mean, the most obvious one is that DEI is a loaded concept, and so it implies uh, quite a lot of things about politics and uh, ideology. And so to say we're going to state our commitment to it, uh, you know, that, that could be a big problem for things like academic freedom. Now, what UNC Chapel Hill has done, actually, the, the UNC Board of, of Governors, which governs the whole university system in North Carolina, uh, what they've done is they've proposed a motion, and I, I have every reason to think that this motion is going to pass, uh, that would say, essentially, universities can't do that. They cannot compel people to write statements that comment on uh, uh, issues of press uh, of of contemporary controversy or contemporary political or social issues which in practice this is very clearly designed to say no you cannot require diversity statements this is a wrong this is the wrong way to go about hiring people can i ask a strange question how the no hell did, how the hell did they make the right decision that's stunning to me that they actually did that yes uh, it, it really is, and it comes down to this. It, in, uh, uh, you know, traditionally, what trustees of universities have done, what governors of university systems have done, even in states that are run by Republicans who say that they are concerned about what's going on in, in, at, at universities, at state universities, what they've done is basically rubber-stamped whatever the universities want to do. This has happened, you know, in Arizona, uh, uh, the uh, Northern Arizona University proposed to uh, basically create a diversity course requirement that would require every student to take four diversity courses. And the, 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 the governors running the university system, all of whom were appointed by the, a Republican governor, said, sure, go ahead, let's do it. They rubber stamped that curriculum change. And they have the power to say no. Uh, Really, the the job of a university governor or trustee has been, uh, um, you know, uh, they haven't taken their job seriously, at least up until recently. And I would say that if you're looking for a model for university reform, the UNC system has really started to stand out as a system that pushes back in important ways. I'm I'm impressed, but I expect good things to continue to come because this is this is not their first foray into pushing back against the excesses of yeah. uh, you know what's gone on in universities that's interesting and and i mean uh, someone like you and i think we would hope that maybe this catches on i don't think it'll catch on certainly west of where i am at this mm. point here in in missouri but it's somewhat encouraging you know and, and i started the segment and maybe people aren't i always assume that people know about all this stuff john when they don't because we cover it on a daily basis you certainly do but 
for example, this is really predominant. I played some audio a few months ago of the white coat ceremony at the University of Minnesota. I'm sure you saw that probably where they were basically Mm -hmm. reciting in cult like fashion all these diversity anti-racism statements. And my case at the time is most of the people in there probably just want their degree. They want to go work. They know if they raise hell about that or they say anything, they're going to be canceled. But in the descriptions for people at medical schools or, you know, you even have a tweet up today where the the requirements are not anything that might have to do with the um, with the position or the education involved. Really, you have to understand the inequities. Here's from the document that you posted today. Uh, Demonstrated understanding of the root causes of health inequities, including how the socialization of dominant culture norms, beliefs and values and application of public policy create these health inequities among defined populations. That's a medical school that's writing that out, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a history class. Yeah. That's not someone that's going for a history degree or anything like that. That's a med school. Yeah, and it's, that's happening all over the country. It's happening at places like UC San Francisco, where you would expect the the most extreme progressive policies to be salient. Uh, but it's also happening at places like UNC Chapel Hill, and and I think uh, the UNC School of Medicine. The, the way that their task force, it, it's literally called this, the Task Force for Integrating Social Justice into the Curriculum. They released that task force report in 2020. It said, put DEI in, the ten, in tenure policies, uh, insert DEI and political advocacy into the curriculum. They actually even listed the, listed the, the anti-racist concepts that professors should ascribe to, and they listed causes that they thought students should uh, advocate for. They, they walked back on some of it, but not all of it. And I think that those kind of excesses are why you see some university systems pushing back. And I would expect to see more because we still, have, we still aren't finished uncovering all of the craziness. There is a lot out there, like that uh, example that you brought up. It's crazy to think that uh, uh, medical schools would be doing anything like this. But they are. It's actually exceedingly common in in the field of medicine to have to pay at least lip service to this. But sometimes it means that funding for things like cancer research uh, or at least money that could go to cancer research instead goes to something like uh, public health critical race praxis, which is uh, a a research methodology in in the medical sciences that's catching hold, uh, uh, which is is kind of crazy. And some of this kind of crosses over. uh, I've been wanting to, and this is frustrating to me, you know, this controversy with DeSantis right now, the college board, that's the group that runs the SAT tests and the uh, advanced placement program. They they have this African-American studies course. They were testing it. They have been testing it for a while. And I know that even in National Review, Stanley Kurtz wrote about this today. Whenever this gets discussed in The Washington Post, The L.A. Times, The New York Times, it's always DeSantis Republicans are trying to stop, you know, history from being taught. So DeSantis says this, and I find this interesting for a variety of reasons, and I'll explain in just a moment. We have guidelines and standards in Florida. Uh, We want education, not indoctrination. This course on black history, what are one of what's one of the lessons about queer theory? Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. So what's interesting about that quote is it's the only time that I've ever heard any particulars, John, about that particular program discussed. Because if you look at any mainstream coverage of this, they never mention anything like that. They don't mention the neo-Marxism that 
is involved in this and all the people that they're actually depending on, these academics who are radicals, well-established radicals, that are framing this coursework. coursework. And, and at the very least, let's say, I think you might agree with me, let's say that all this stuff is in the curriculum and it's fine because we have to be anti-racist. Why in the world would you not allow for a different perspective? Like Glenn Lowry, who's been one of the leading African-American academics out there saying that a lot of this is nonsense, right? Robert Woodson, there are other names out there where you can say, mm-hmm. okay, let's juxtapose some of these positions, right? That truly would be education, wouldn't it? Yeah, and uh, to be honest, uh, even even just a little bit of pushback is often too much for people who are uh, pushing the, the sort of DEI bureaucracy within these institutions or people who are pushing these uh, this this sort of curricula that's radicalized, even if you simply say that you think, you know, you oppose affirmative action. No, that that is enough to get you canceled. It, it, it has gotten people, uh, um, you know, articles revoked from top medical journals. It has caused firestorms from uh, people, you know, on the, the the radicalized wing of medical Twitter. And uh, uh, it it. it there, there are real social consequences for even moderately pushing back and adding uh, other perspectives to the discussion on race, which is only going to get worse as things like DEI are written into promotion and tenure standards. Yeah, well, look, this is encouraging for a variety of reasons, and I hope it does catch on a little bit, because even you even put the vote totals of the number of faculty members that actually voted for this, which kind of shows you that, because it was overwhelming, it shows you that sometimes those voices are drowned out, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, John Hakes, keep on them. I love the work. John Seiler at the National Association of Scholars. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, on the topic of Fox personalities, tomorrow afternoon, they did a revamp of um, Fox business, and Jackie DeAngelis, the host of the new Big Money Show, is going to be with us tomorrow afternoon. We have a roundtable on Friday. Jane Duker, former county councilman Tim Fitch, Rasheen Aldridge, who is on the, um, the, uh, the board of aldermen, He'll join us on Friday afternoon um, and a couple other things as well. Speaking of the St. Louis County Board, County Councilman Mark Carter with us this afternoon. He had an announcement earlier today that we're going to spend a little time on. Mark, how are you? Hey, Mark. Uh, great day in St. Louis County. Well, did you survive the storm, Mark? i got to start with that. You okay? You need some help? I, I'm still digging out. Yeah. I'm still digging out. You know, but we'll rebuild. So you, how long, before we kind of reveal the, the significant news of the day, how long have you been on the county council now? I've been on eight years and uh, just won my third uh, uh, election here this past November. What were you doing before that publicly? Were you doing anything in public office before that or not? Yes, I was on the Baldwin uh, City right. Council for two terms. Uh, and uh, so that's where I kind of cut my teeth at, at that level, and I was politically active, you know, prior to that yeah. as well. So that leads us to what you're doing now. You're running for the state Senate, right? That's my announcement today, and I put that out, that I'm running for state Senate District 15, which is currently held um, by Andrew Koenig, who will be termed out in 24, and uh, just made those announcements today and very happy about it. And I'm very overwhelmed uh, by the response I've gotten today, my phone's been ringing off the hook and people congratulating me and, and getting behind me. And I, it's it's humbling to see these people come out for me at this early date. Describe the, uh, for those people who might not know where, where that district is, it's in the Baldwin area. And these districts are all so weird because they've been cut in, you know, revamped. But can you describe it in an easily understandable form on the radio, Mark? Oh, Sure. Um, the 15th Senate district redistricting that was done this past year uh, basically starts around Highway 141 and goes west to the county line. And it's almost an exact duplicate with a few precincts uh, different than my current um, uh, county council district. So it's a very large district, probably about uh, 150,000 people um, in that in that district. And um, and so that's the new 15th. It was stretched west um, to the county line. It used to be more east towards Kirkwood and Webster. But now the new district goes um, starts around Highway 141 and goes west. So, I mean, I guess I was establishing some of your history to say, why do you want to keep doing this? I know there's public service here, but isn't politics kind of driving you crazy? Yes and no. I like the public service, and and then when you have days like today, and you get the the kudos, it's uh, it's very encouraging and keeps you going. Um, to most people, some of this stuff we deal with, especially this last two years with COVID in the county, was very stressful, and and uh, the politics that went around it as well. And but uh, you surround yourself with good people, and you and you you keep going through, but. Uh, Getting, you know, running into people at the grocery store or, um, or restaurants and they, you know, give you the thumbs up. Excuse me, I got a cold. Um, give, you know, gives you a lot of momentum to move into the next uh, challenge that's out there. So the, the release that you sent out today, and obviously there's a lot of effort on this right now that I don't know if it's going to manifest itself in any help for the area, but you're talking about crime, right? Something that you're going to focus in on if you get elected next year. 
Yes, those are the topics that I'm, I'm talking about. I mean, this crime spree that uh, doesn't seem to end that we're under right now is just going to pull this whole region down. We do so many good things uh, from economic development to amusements and, and new businesses coming in, and then this whole crime spree just kills it. I mean, we just saw that this weekend down at the Foundry, and, and the Foundry is a great project and, uh, you know, a d- dilapidated old uh, you know, mill. That's awesome. And, yeah. Uh, I think, look, I think about it every day. I'm driving in today and I'm on 14th Street. I see the city. I love the skyline now. You can see the soccer stadium and the Ferris wheels there. And then you start thinking about the crime issue and everything that's holding it back. But, Mark, good luck on this. We're going to get you on the roundtable soon. So thanks for uh, carving out some time for us this afternoon. Great. And thank you for your time. All right. Take care. 352. I want to squeeze this in, Sue, just because I have good audio on this. Remember the kid that shot the teacher a few weeks ago in Newport News, Virginia? That happened right after the first of the year. And it was uh, the teacher's okay. Well, she's now suing because the story that came out in the immediate aftermath of that is that they knew about like there were people at the school that knew about this not just one person not just two people i want you to hear Wait a minute. The this lawyer... was an elementary school correct this was an, this kid is 6 years old here's diana Toscana, who's the attorney here now the second clip is really going to get you on that day over the course of a few hours three different times three times school administration was warned by concerned teachers and employees that the boy had a gun on him at the school. So listen to what she says here. Abby's rumor, this is stunning. Why you needed four swings of the bat and then you still didn't do anything is baffling. I've come to realize that one big problem in education in, you know, well, higher education is different, but I'm talking about elementary and high school, is the administration. And they're willing to do nothing. Around 12.30 p.m., when another teacher went to a school administrator, as was protocol, and told the administrator that she, the teacher, took it upon herself to search the book bag of the boy that was suspected to have brought the gun to school. The teacher then tells that same administrator that she believes the boy put the gun in his pocket before going outside for recess. Shortly after 1 p.m., when a third teacher tells administrators of another boy who is crying and fearful that he bravely confesses to his teacher that the perpetrator showed him the gun at recess and threatened to shoot him if he told anybody. When a fourth employee who heard about the danger asked the administrator for permission to search the boy, he was denied. He was told to wait the situation out because the school day was almost over. What What in the hell is going on? I I cannot believe the details. She said in her news conference that the administration was paralyzed by apathy, didn't call police, didn't remove him from class, didn't lock down. Wasn't the first thing you would do? Hey, there's a kid, by the way, there's a six-year-old who's got a gun. I don't care if it's a six, seven, eight, doesn't matter. Someone's got a gun. Well, maybe the first person's like, ah, that can't be possible. How about the second, third, and fourth time? I would sue, too. I think this is justified. Well, of course it is, if that's the uh, the that facts. Ins- that, that it's Andy. absolutely insane. And for the school, I can't wait to see how this manifests itself in the lawsuit, because there's a part of me that thinks this can't be true, right? You, you have to have another explanation. However, 
I ran down some of this a couple weeks ago. About five days after this shooting, there was a piece, I think it was in the Washington Post, that had many of these details. <laughs> she says, were they not so paralyzed by apathy, they could have prevented this tragedy. The school district, of course, not saying anything at this point. And she's saying that Ms. Werner is going to sue, which I would support that fully, if for no other reason, just to get the facts of the case out there. Sue's News and a very special first of the year edition of The Price is Wrong with George Gray from The Price is Right is coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.